You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.
little did I realize, I realize that, that God was going to put me in my place with the company problem. See, I have a stepdaughter who is in California, and she invited me and my wife to go to the Cold Dream Dream Center, 10 blocks in California. And what they do at the Dream Center is they take in um, single, single moms, moms that are pregnant, pregnant or people, people off the street who have nowhere to go and whatnot. So I thought, so I thought, oh, so, so I was looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting. And so, and so me and my wife, wife we, we, we went down, down there. there was a beautiful drive. drive. And so, so I made lots of lots of and got settled in. And my stepdaughter showed, my wife and I went to go around the dream center and whatnot. So, so, but then, but one, then day one day she, she caught, caught me and my me wife off guard, guard with something. And she and says, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, um, today we're going to go, go on Skid Row. Row. And, and for those of those you who don't know, know what Skid Row, Row is, is um, um, it's a place, it's a place where, where it's almost, it's almost like, like a little community. community. Maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe little. it's a it's part, part of society that is consists of homeless people. I heard, I heard something, something about Skid Row, Row, but I never, I, never, I just I figured just it was figured a place for homeless people, people, and it didn't much, much thought into it, it, you know. You know. So, so, so what we so did what we was, was we divided ourselves, ourselves into groups, and we were going to go on Skid Row, and, uh, we had we these, these uh, um, healthy health snack packs that we wanted to distribute up to some homeless people there. So anyways, we drove up to Skid Row, and so, so, we pulled, we pulled up, up and, and we opened, we opened up the van doors. doors. And the, and the moment, moment we opened, we opened those, those doors, doors, the first, first thing that hit, hit, that hit, that us, hit us, and everyone, and everyone in, the in the van, was the, was smell, the smell of urine. urine. That was the first, first thing, thing that hit. Once we opened up those van doors in the community, was the smell of urine. And as I was looking around, I was, I was just, just speechless because, because these were people, people that, that it wasn't, wasn't that I what I cherished in my mind, mind of all, all these years. years. It, it, it was these people, people they were, they living, were living in tents side, side by side, side. And, and you know, you know they, they were living, living outside, outside and there was and only, only a few um, portable, portable washers that were outside. And, and and I'm, and I'm looking, looking around, around, and I'm, and like, I'm like, how can how people, people live like this? this? And I'm and looking, looking at they got, got, it's like they, they got nothing. nothing. And, and it's kind of like they're just, just surviving, surviving day to day. It's like, it's like that's, that's all they all were doing. doing. And I'm sure everyone there has their own story how they got there. I'm sure everyone has their own story, but in my own mind, from what, and what I was thinking, thinking when I was looking, looking around, around, I'm like, what am what I going to tell them? I'm like, I'm like, I didn't even I didn't know what I was going to tell them. So anyway, so anyway we had we a guide. guide. And, and I, started I started to slowly, slowly blend, blend in. It was like, like culture shock. You know, never mind. Never mind. Uh, self, self, skid roll was entirely different thing. And so as my mind was slowly adjusting to the surroundings. And so... So we so went, we around, went to around to very, very people, people and high and, 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 and whatnot. 
And it was good to know that some of the people who were homeless, they recognized people who were the center. So we stopped and had a few conversations with some of the people. And we, you know, and we prayed for a few. And of course, the health snacks that we were they were gone in no time. When they see you with snacks, it's almost like... It's like, it's like three, three dogs, dogs for one that's, that's what it's like. like. And so, so, so that's so what I was thinking, thinking that you're just surviving, surviving with, 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 with nothing. nothing. And, and there was the, the um, uh, uh, kind of like, uh, like a food, food center, center there where they feed people. You know, you know but, but it, 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 just by looking around, around my personal observation, it wasn't... It wasn't like there's not enough room to take everybody in. So what about, so what about these other, other people? people? Where do they, they go? They're just, they're just out, out on the streets. And, uh, and, and I'm like, well, what, so do what do they eat? You know, where do they go? They go? Don't make it in for a So it's almost so like, like that's what life is like for them on a daily basis. Looking like they're just surviving. They're just existing. It was kind of like nothing more, nothing less. You know, and... And my, and my heart, heart really went, went out to these people, people because, because I wanted, I wanted to. to. It's like, it's if, like I if I could, could I would provide all the shelter. That's what, That's I, what I wanted to do. do. And they and told they us at the Dream Center, they said, when you go out, whatever you do, do, do not invite them back to the Dream Center because we have more warlords. And what they do at the Dream Center is they provide a discipleship program, and then they try to get started off in education. Just like the food center, you could only bring in many of the young And no kidding, we're just as our funny funny laborers are few. Boy, ain't that that. So after that experience, I went back to my room. And I went back to the center after we were. After we were finishing up, I was trying to get the kids again. And, I, and thought, I thought, you know, you know my God, God so lucky. My, my God, God is so good. good. You, know, you know, I, 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 I was able to walk off my car, car and there's a man down down the road who loves us. He must have just a car. Then, you know, know next thing you know, know, know then, okay, okay, then we're done with that, 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 it's like, it's like, it's like simple, simple stuff like take granted. granted. For example, when I were to turn on a tap, I, 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 I don't doubt that water's going to come up. I don't worry about it. I don't think I'm going to turn it on. I don't doubt that. It's just, I just turn it on and water, and that's it. But for those things down there, it's a different story. Because they get water and it's I think, I think I've seen, seen one, one or two public comment files down there. Feeding the front Maybe even, even a couple of thousand. I can really guess yes, how many were. There's probably more people, people who would have actually seen these kind of lives. You know, and so, so the simple thing in life that I, I take for granted, other people, other people don't have. And so, so that, that was God. 
deals with the company that I had. And you may have all heard this song. It's actually in the Eagles song. It says, count your blessings, name them one by one. Then you will see what the Lord has done. It's a Sunday Sunday song, actually. But you know something? There's wisdom in that Sunday Sunday song. Yeah. And you know, listeners, if you think we have a bad bad day, you know, just, just, if you can't can't step step back. And I'm and sure, sure some good things happen for, for you. There's, There's some, some good things, even though you can't have a There are some good things that have in there. And we need to look at the blessings instead of just looking at the things that we don't have or what we don't desire. But anyways, I like to look at something that's totally related to what I just said. And we're going to look at the widow's song. It says, And she sat over against the treasury, and beheld how the people passed money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which makes me farthy. And I, and, I up, up, and, I and I looked up at the was, which was very, very little. little. It was so it was little so money, money it barely, barely even, even was even a registered money. Anyway, verse 43. And he called out to him his disciples, so he gathered his disciples, and said unto him, Verily, whatever Jesus says the word barely, he's trying to nail the point to you. Really have your ears perked up, Jesus says, Verily. He's trying to nail the point to you. Barely say unto you that the poor widow has cast more in all they which have cast to the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance. We're going to stress that for all they did cast in their abundance. But she of her want did cast all that she had, even all her living. Now,
in my, in my pocket, the more money, more money that, that I, I have, the harder, the harder it is for me to get. I'll tell you why. I'm a believer in tithing. I think you should tithe the Lord Ministry. And I'm a believer in tithing. And I believe in tithing 10%. And that's just me. But I find that the more I have to do this because like any other family, sometimes you get bonus money sometimes here and there. Maybe we'll get a refund that'll come to me or that back to me. Or maybe get an exact return. And how's that going to be? But I find that the more income I have, the harder it is to give because when I give my tithes, when I give 10% of my income, my mind in my head starts to think of other things that I can do with that money. Not my needs, but my wants. That's where my mind starts to wonder. On, on, on things, things I want to get for myself. Things that will get, get me, um, you know, things that will give me pleasure, like, like for example, eating out in a fancy restaurant or something like that, you know, because my mind starts to think, other things I can do with this money that give it to the church, in other words, to God, because that's what I'm saying, I'm going to give it to God, so that's the thing I have to be wealthy, and I think,
So why is that? What is the um, what is the lesson behind that? And for that answer a little bit, and we're going to start digging in. Let's go to John chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, let's go to John chapter 6. Now I'm turning to it too. And that's John chapter 6. Okay, we're going to start from verse 2. I don't know if I have time to read the whole thing or not. I don't think so. But... Um, but you look in verse 2 where Jesus, it says he's preaching, uh, and a great multitude followed him. Now get this, because they saw his miracles, okay? They're following him because they saw his miracles. So I guess after following him for a while, everybody's starting to get a little hungry, this great multitude. So let's go to verse 9 if you have your Bibles open. And it says, let's start on verse 8. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, There is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in the number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. And let's look at verse 12. Get this. And when they were filled, now take note, they're filled. Everybody is filled. And when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remained, that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that were eaten. And so we see here again, we have this overabundance. Now, let's zero in a little bit. This is just one example of many of the overabundance that we went through already, but I thought we had to look at least one of them. So anyways... Let's go to verse 26. No, verse 24. Let's see. And when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when comest thou hither? Jesus answered them and said, Verily. Now, now this is really key. Now listen. Everyone have your ears on. This is an interesting scripture. John 6, verse 26. Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily. Remember what I was saying about verily? He's trying to nail home a point. Verily, verily, I say unto you. You seek me, not because you saw the miracles. Now take note. These are people that have seen the miracles. Not because you saw the miracles. But because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. So in other words... Verse 27 says, labor not for the meat, in other words, for the food which perishes, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man has and shall give unto you, for him has God the Father sealed. So you see, Jesus said, you're not coming to me because of the miracles. Why are you coming to me again? Is it because you're hungry again? Is that why you're coming to me? 
then verse 28 says, Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we may do the works of God? And Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on whom that you believe on him whom he has sent. That's what Jesus is doing with all this abundance. He's not trying to get you to focus on the food. What he is trying to do is get you to focus on the source of the food. Jesus is your creator. He knows you need physical food. He created you. He knows that. But what he's doing with the abundance, he's, he's trying to get you to do, is to get you to look at the creator, not the created. Because when you think about physical food, it's something – like when you eat a nice meal and you know something, a little while later, some, some time later, everybody's different, um, you get hungry again. You know, you know, um, you know, we need physical food. We need physical food. It gives us, uh, uh, keeps us healthy and gives us strength and uh, fidelity and, and, and whatnot, which is good. Of course he needs that. But what Jesus is doing with this abundance is, I'm your abundance. Don't just look at the food that I'm providing for you. I am your source of life. You know? And so that is what Jesus is doing with all this abundance. And look at verse 31. It says, Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Now, I want to stop for a second. Do you know what I picture here? Jesus shaking his head. Because it's like he's going, okay, you're not getting it. You're talking about manna from heaven. You're talking about physical food. You know, our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. In other words, Jesus is saying, I am the bread from heaven. That is what I want you to look at. Not so much the food. The abundance was to point your eyes towards Jesus, the creator of the food. That was the intention, was for them to know that he was sent by the Father. That is the true bread from heaven which gives eternal life. Because it says in verse 35, no, let's go to verse 34. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore, give us this bread. They're still not getting it. Jesus told them that he was the bread. Then they say, give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I, hello, me, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Now, what does that mean? He that comes to me will never hunger. He that comes to me will never thirst. In other words, you, you, only Jesus can give you a fulfillment in life. Only Jesus can give, fill in that void, that void you may have in your life. Uh, you may be striving for wealth, and you know you may attain it, but guess what? I'll tell you right now, it's not going to fill in that void that you have, no matter how much wealth you have or how much stuff you have. It is not going to fill that void. Only Jesus can fill in that void. That's why he says you'll never hungry and you'll never thirst. In other words, he's talking spiritually. He will fill in that void. 
you know, Jesus is the provider, you know. And there's a scripture in, oh, I think it was Philippians 3.19, it talks about uh, your belly being like your God. In other words, don't let your gut, you know, like I said before, you know, you may be hungry, but Jesus is not going to let you He's not going to let you starve to death when you look to him as your source because he is the provider. Jesus is the provider. And you know, when, like I said, you've you got to look at the, uh, the creator instead of the um, created. Actually, I'm going to tell you where I got that from. I wasn't going to turn to it, but let's go to Romans. I want to look at something. Let's go to Romans chapter 2. Actually, why not look at it here? Let's see. Uh, it's Romans 2.25. I'm turning it to a 2 here. Oh, here we go. Romans 2.25. Who says, who changed the truth of God into a lie. It's talking about the downfall of man, which I don't want to get into too much. But listen to what it says. And worshipped and served the creature more than the creator. And so what is the creature? Well, Everything that God created, right? Everything that God created. And so you see, and worship and serve the creature, in other words, more than the creator. So that's what Jesus was trying to get you to focus on, was he is the creator. That's where he wants you to look. And that's why we have this abundance. I would like to look at something in, for one second, uh, John chapter 4, if you have your Bibles. Let's go to John chapter 4. I'm going to a 2. It's John chapter 4, and we're going to look at uh, the Samaritan woman at the well. But I'm not going to read the whole thing. Time just doesn't permit. And it says, in verse 14, it says, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water uh, no let me read that again but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life now I looked in a few commentaries and you know and I thought well, what is this well of water and all it told me was the Holy Spirit and I'm like, okay, that's it. It says a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So I'm like, well, what does the springing up mean? There's got to be more to it than just Holy Spirit, and that's it. So, and, and so here's what I would like to, so here's what I'm thinking of. What is a well of water springing up? That's the Holy Spirit, which I believe is doing a work in you. That is the well of water that is springing up. In other words, like the spiritual gifts, you know. Like I like to look at First um, uh, Corinthians. Uh, uh, no, First Corinthians two four. If you have your Bibles, that's First Corinthians two four. I like to check it out. It's First Corinthians two four. First Corinthians two four. It says, 
and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. You see that? That's the Holy Spirit living in you. That's what it means to have well of water springing up within you. It's the Holy Spirit working its power in you. That's what that is. You know, that's what it means by well springing up. And another thing, too, what does it mean by well springing up? The spiritual gifts. And you can read about that, the spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians um, chapter 14, it talks about spiritual gifts like tongues and a prophecy. And as I believe, it tells us to even covet, covet to prophesy. And so in, in that way, in other words, spiritual growth. So and when we talk about an abundant life, we all want an abundant life, fulfilling life. Well, we do have an invitation. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. That's Ephesians chapter 3. I want to look at something here. And I think this is a cool scripture. Ephesians chapter 3. And I'm Ephesians. Oh, there we go. Let's get by it. Ephesians chapter 3. And I'd like to look at verse 20. Ephesians 3, verse 20. And this is very encouraging. And now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Think about it, everyone. Jesus can do all that we could even imagine through us. Isn't that, isn't that like when I think about the scripture, my, my mind cannot comprehend it. All, everything that can do, it says, I can't even imagine he's able to do above all exceedingly even what I can imagine what he can do through me. Even, he could do more than what I can imagine. You know, he, like my, I can't even wrap my brain around the scripture because, because he, God, the creator of the universe, the creator of me, Jesus says, I'm the potter and you're the clay, that he's going to work through me even more than I could even even more than I could even ask or think. According to his power, it knows his power, not my own, but his power working in me. So what an awesome invitation that is for that scripture. And would you like God's awesome power to work in you? It's like Paul says, I came to you in demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit, not in man's wisdom. Would you like God to work in you to demonstrate the power of his spirit? Are you tired of maybe striving out there? Maybe getting nowhere, just keep running into brick walls. Maybe God's trying to get your attention. You know, maybe he's saying, wealth isn't the answer. No, I am the answer. I give you the abundant life. Now, isn't that the abundant life he was able to do more? That what we could ask, what we could even imagine what he can do through us, that's your abundant life you can have. 
in Jesus. And he wants to work his power in you. And you know something? In order for you to do that, you need to surrender your life to him. You need to repent of all your past sins, of all your past wrongs. And surrender your life to him. And if you would like to do that, if you would like to ask him into your heart and ask him to fill you with his spirit, let's do that now. And wherever you are, no matter what you're doing, God reads your heart. But it's not just words God wants to hear. He wants to see a change of your heart. And when you ask him to go into your heart, your heart will change, I guarantee it. He'll do the work in you. And he will plant the seed of his Holy Spirit in you. Let's pray, shall we? Father God, just repeat after me, everyone. Father God, I come before you now to surrender my life to you. I ask you, Father, to forgive me for all the sins and for all the wrongs that I have done in your eyes. I ask you, Lord, to come into my heart to fill me with your spirit and to do a work in me. I have a desire to be your child. And I look to you, Lord God, to lead and to guide my steps and to direct my path to do your will. Because I'm going to surrender my will and it's your will to be done, not mine. In Jesus' name I pray to you, Lord. Amen. Okay. For those of you who have said that prayer, welcome to the into the body of Jesus Christ. You are now a child of God. And God will definitely lead and guide your steps. And if you have said that prayer, I would suggest you read his word. I would suggest starting the book of Romans, which is good. Read it slowly. And as well, um, pray, to, pray, to, uh, pray to God. You know, I had someone ask me once, well, how do you pray to God? I don't know how. And you know, I have found the simplest way to pray. When I was someone, when I was a young child, I would just, I would just picture Jesus standing there, and I would just talk to him. That's it. Just talk to him, and you know, and he will hear your prayer, and he will answer your prayer, and I guarantee, and you'll know it's in your heart. When